Welcome to Facing the Crab podcast. We've been away for a while, but this is series two and we are back. We're... It's good to be back. It's been a long time coming. How you doing, Perks? I am good, hobo. And you've played a gig this week. Two gigs now since yeah. COVID. Yeah, two since Absolutely COVID. Killing it. Oh, Renewed it's... energy. Yeah, it's good to be the back, my friend. <laughs> it's good to be making a noise again. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Merry old South End. Indeed. And, what was it? We have a gig? Colchester. What venue is that? Oh, it's no. called the Coda on the High Street. The Coda. Yeah, it's just like this cool little bar with a little uh, little stage in the on one side. But yeah, no, great venue, good crowd. Yeah, really good. Look good from the pictures and the the footage. Yeah, good fun, good fun. What have you been up to, Squire? Um, yeah, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, and I've discovered the Metallica podcast. Oh, okay. It makes our podcast sound like. Like it was recorded on a what's it called? <laughs> one of those old, one of those old uh, record players with a dog. <laughs> oh, Parlophone. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> that Metallica one is so produced. It's like a guest every three seconds. <laughs> different persons on it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess they've got quite a lot of money to throw at it. Though. Yeah, and it is so good. Like, I was listening <laughs> to it. It worked. It's like it's like eight episodes. I was just like, oh my god, Metallica! It's all about the Black Album. <laughs> Yeah. There's nothing I don't know about the Black Album now. How long is it? What, the podcast? The album. Oh, the album. Um, 45 minutes. I'm going to check that. Exactly 45 minutes? That was a total guess. <laughs> but I was told on the podcast. You're probably pretty close, I would imagine. Forgot. All the best All the best albums are 45 minutes, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, about that. But you do... Also on that... Well, I'm bigging up that podcast, but you get constant Black Album... Um, music fading in and out and there's i didn't know this but there's a black album covers album yeah i've got it oh <laughs> didn't tell me about it though, yeah you? it's good it's good it's different but i mean it's, yeah it's not just a load of metal bands doing the black album stuff it's all different kind of music from around the world yeah uh, it's like it's it's there's you have to really separate the wheat from the chaff there's a lot of stuff on there that you wouldn't necessarily probably enjoy <laughs> but there's stuff on there that's great as well. So yeah, it's well worth a listen. Yeah. But there's like, you know, there's like six or seven versions of each song. Oh, there's six artists. or seven versions. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. it's like it's like 60, 60 tracks of, or something. Um, Sandman that was kind of funky slow yeah. type one. Yeah, I think Miley Miley, Miley Cyrus did one. Did Enter Sandman as well. I think. Oh, right. Yeah, it's worth I a listen. I have to get that off you. Also I've been listening to Drinks with Johnny. Drinks podcast. with Johnny, yes. Then Sevenfold, which is enjoyable. Indeed, yes. I want Johnny to come on here, but it's like... <laughs> we don't drink enough kind of Johnny. invisible to Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know I exist. <laughs> but he will. He, he will. Thank you, Johnny. <laughs> he will reply, Johnny.
first guest is Neil Cooper from Therapy. Can't wait for this one, Hobo. Yeah, he's also been in Cable, some of you may remember, and also a band called The Beyond. Quite technical, very good band. Yeah, I remember Cable. Very good. Indeed. Hey, dude, what's up? Ah. Uh, I can't even remember what I had for breakfast this morning. You know why? Because I didn't have breakfast. Today. I woke up at 2 in the afternoon. I'm a heavy mode guy. Hello, sir. How Hello, you doing? Neil. Can you see us? Yeah, we, <laughs> we can see you. <laughs> Welcome to Facing the Crab podcast. How are you? We're good. How are you? I'm all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm all right. I'm all right. Yeah. Good. Good. We're just sorting out, sorting out Hobo's um, headphones and trying to make them look yeah, a bit smaller than the Dalek. At, please don't look at the headphones. I couldn't find my usual ones, so I've got these old school things. But It's gone with the Daleks. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> they do the job. They do the job. Cool. Awesome. What have you been right. up to, Neil? Are you, are, you, are you out and about again? Or are you still are you playing? Uh, have you done any gigs yet? What's, yeah, what's we been did, happening? Uh, we did three, three gigs uh, over the summer. Um, uh, which was good, but we've been uh, writing actually. So we're sort of planning on um, going in the studio in November. Uh, so we're going to be recording with Chris Sheldon again. So that's all kind of come together straight after um, you know all the all the kind of nonsense we've all been through over the last couple of years. So um, mm. yeah, we try to try. Well, <laughs> yeah. Uh, polite way of putting it but uh tried to um yeah we, we you know we tried to keep writing while we were in lockdown and sort of sending ideas to each other and whatnot and then um as things eased we were able to get into a room and make a bit of a racket um and uh yeah it's uh it's, it's sounding sounding smart yeah sounding really good yeah. nice nice do you take like um there's a lot of lot of the songwriting kind of um influenced by the whole situation that we had going on or would you say it's like completely different from that kind of thing uh, i think i mean you know andy writes all the lyrics and I, I think almost uh he's done the correct thing i think from day one he he you know didn't want to do that and i don't think i don't think any of us want to do a, a covid album so mm. i think that that was the thing we had to kind of get get as much um out of the other side as we could so so you know things started to uh i suppose give him inspiration lyrically you know i suppose you know there are certain things that the three of us are, are obviously pissed off about in general you know um which is always the way but if you're not careful you know you just i suppose you're just going to have a, an album about being isolated all the time you know but um so no it, you know it's uh it's still a it's still um a therapy album as as therapy albums are no we, we haven't done a covid album no 
Cool, cool. No, it's official. Good. There's no COVID album. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you've obviously always been like a very prolific band, and you know, there's obviously a massive discography there. So it's yeah. great. It's great. You know, you, you're always churning out new stuff, and it's also it's always of a great quality as well. So, oh, thank fantastic. you. Yeah, yeah. It is. Um, yeah, the. Uh, it, I think the one thing is obviously, I you know, I. I joined in 2002 and even um, even then I, I was kind of uh, so um, it's such a great body of work you know what I mean for want of a better sort of term mm. but um, the lads have always kind of you know just done their thing and I, and I just really uh, I, I really respect that I think that, that's I think the three of us real honesty sort of to what we do and even now you know none of us are 18 anymore and we just kind of do what we want to do which is great um so yeah we just i know it sounds really cheesy but i suppose it's like just like the three of us just do what makes the three of us happy when it comes to the music really um Mm. and i know everyone says that but i think genuinely between the three of us that that is the case i think we're all old enough and wise enough now to just go you know what if it all goes tits up the three of us are, are, are still going to be stood here. You know what I mean? There's, there's so many times, and you just learn that through, through the music industry. It's like labels come and go. Um, we, we've had the same manager for, for, you know, since day one. So there's no problem there. But I mean, you know, you, pe- people come and go. And, yeah. uh, you know, you've got to kind of just stick to your guns and do your own thing. Because everyone course. else, will, will, you know, if it goes, like I say, it goes to it, so everyone else will piss off. So, uh, you know, for, so for us, <laughs> three of us, we just do what we want to do. And, uh, Hope, um, hope it kind of all comes together. But yeah, it's um, I'm really lucky to play alongside uh, uh, you know Michael Andy. It's great. Yeah, I love it. Had the um, amazing. Is it Cleave album on today? Um, oh yeah. There's yeah. a lot of lyrics about being left behind and sort of discarded by you know society and the government in the UK or whatever, and just sort of the kind of left behind lyrics. You know, if you're not up to quality immediately you know, you sort of discarded. There's a lot of lyrics like that, which, you know, for Randy to be writing lyrics like that after this long, it did strike a chord and it was, it was all very true, what he was saying in the yeah. album. Very, very yeah, true. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I think Andy's um, uh, one of those people who, um, you know, is, is an awesome lyricist. It's as simple as that. You know, it's like, um, it's very, uh, it's, it's, quite a privilege to kind of sit there and watch these things come, sort of come together. We tend to get the music together um, either in a room or one of us will come up with an idea, but then, you know, the, lyrically uh, watching it kind of tech form is, is really good. But I think, I think with Cleve, um, there was very, it was very much sort of aimed at that kind of division, which was going on with the whole, you know, the Brexit vote, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and that was just, you know, the Brexit thing is just the tip of the iceberg. I think just in general, division is uh, it's kind of where, where the people up top want us to be, I think. I'm a big believer in that. I think the, the more divided we are, the easier we are to control, the easier we are to scare. Mm. You know, I'm not going to go all yeah. conspiracy theorists. And- <laughs> no, mate, you go for it. I mean, <laughs> divide and conquer, hat. isn't it? It's the old divide it, and it, conquer. It's been going on for it centuries, is. isn't it? Exactly, it has, it has, and uh, you know, as the masses, I, I, don't get me wrong, I'm not pretending I'm not involved. It's like it happens to us all. Yeah, you, I'm you one of them. You're like, one of them. He's, exactly, Hobo's one of them. Exactly. It goes from literally. <laughs> you can't like, stop it. <laughs> you can't. 
no. And it starts, you know, at like, you know, I've got two. And I think, to be honest, as soon as you get kids, that's my thing. Seeing the kids going through school and how it, it just starts then. you kind of like. Yeah. And you can watch it work yourself now because you're not one of them. You can actually watch your child, watch they're gonna, what they're going to teach and what the curriculum is and what have you. You can see it happen yourself, can't you? You see it, yeah, and it's kind of you end up sounding a bit, you know, when you sort of going, oh, you know, it's a game, playing a game, and, yeah. sort of and, and they... my, my wife's going, leave it out, leave it out. <laughs> oh no, I mean they've they've, you know, like they they're saying that, oh yeah, we're gonna we do that, and then we're doing RE lesson. You're like, and you're next to your wife, and you just want to start asking what they're going to teach them, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, yeah, I better yeah. not. <laughs> I better, I, I better I not ask. She's yeah. gonna get a stick yeah. in the ribs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll eternally wonder what they're gonna teach them in RE. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Let's just leave it at that. My son had to yeah. go to school today dressed as a caveman. <laughs> Taking okay. it back to, right to the roots. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, there you go. So, so yeah, I mean, we're we're based in Southend. You've played in Southend a couple of times, right? Yeah, I'm, t- I'm trying to think the last uh, the last time. So South End, am I right in thinking uh, pie and vinyl? Is that down in South End? It's uh, like a, the record shop that does the pies and stuff. I fucking wish it no. was. <laughs> I don't know about that. Mate. No, oh, no. Sounds really oh, okay. good. I don't yeah. know South End. No, oh, okay. No, oh, you've man. definitely played Chinnerys because I saw you. Yeah, you, you had, Rick, you oh, had okay. Ricky Warwick. Supporting you. Oh right, yeah, Christ. God, yeah, and, yeah, the, yeah. We've got. I've got that ticket on our Instagram. Other, that's got to be like ten. There. Yeah, ten years was, ago. I don't know if it was yeah. the first time or the second time you played there. My friends band supported you and Gerica. Do you remember them? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I do actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, you must have played there twice, I suppose. Yeah. Ch- yeah. Chinneries. Yeah, Chinneries. Yeah. 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 Man, but, that is like. Time flies. I mean, that's got to be yeah. ten years ago. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. It doesn't. No, like it would have would have been. Yeah, it's just a bit before that, maybe. Actually, yeah, it was. Oh, obviously, it was it's brilliant. Mental. You and Ricky as well. I mean, what a double yeah. to having South End. <laughs> so that was so, a great tour. Yeah, check this out then, Neil. So the first time I ever saw you perform was at a venue called um, Chelmsford Army and Navy. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You were yeah. playing with Cable. Wow. Okay. And <laughs> okay. The, 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 band, back. the band that supported you, I actually, I went to see them. Funny, I don't want to, I don't want to offend you, but anyway, um, I, used no, to work no. for a, I used to work for a fanzine and we were covering a band called Garage Land. Okay. Do you remember okay. them? They're from New Zealand. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But that, I remember <laughs> that. Getting that, old. They had like a big tour bus and everything, and it was just kind of crazy. It's Isn't like, the army and navy around about now? Yeah, it's around, but yeah, they knocked that place down. It's yeah, a shame. I, I heard there that. Was, yeah. yeah, there were some yeah. great gigs going on. I saw the mission yeah. there. <laughs> Imagine seeing oh, the wow. mission in that little place. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But yeah. Do you have okay. good memories of like touring with cable and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, um, it was a great time, actually. I sort of. Um, they're one of those bands who sort of um, every time. Uh, I mean, I I played on Down Lift the Uptrodden, and that and that, you know, the lads were from Derby, and uh, it was one of those things where it just kind of came together. It always makes me smile that record. It's like you kind of listen back, and at the time you're just in the thick of it. And I, I was talking to someone the other day actually, and they were saying about uh, John Peel um, played the whole album 
um, in his show, sort of, you know, uh, over each night sort of thing. Mm, uh, awesome. And, and you just sort of, at the time, you just sort of go, yeah, okay, well, it's happening. Yeah, all right, all right, okay. But um, it, it was a really cool thing to be part of, actually. Um, and, and they're lovely, lovely lads, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, I left after that first album through no, you know, didn't fall out or anything. It was just I was playing with, because I was playing in the Beyond before that. Yeah. I was kind of doing some stuff with the lads from the Beyond and blah, blah, blah. And it just got too, too hectic at the time. So, um, yeah, I still see uh, I still see Pete from Cable quite a lot. Yeah, he, um, I did a remix for him, actually, um, over lockdown uh, for his new band. Uh, called God No. Um, so yeah, yeah, good times. Yeah, good times. Yeah. Nice. What about yeah. the Beyond? Did you you must have toured with them as well? Yeah. So um, with the Beyond, we we um, yeah we toured uh, we toured with loads of bands. Actually, we did we toured with the Chili Peppers and on the Mother's Milk tour, and we did. Um, oh, that is fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, Soundgarden on um, the Louder Than Love tour, um, and then. Uh, lived, went across Europe with Living Colour, um, so yeah, that was that was great. I was sort of eighteen at the time and just bloody loving it. And uh, as a band, same again, we were Derby lads. Sort of, it was left of centre, sort of rock, you know. Um, oh, your drumming at the time, on those albums are in, is insane. It's, it's yeah, awesome. we were, I re- <laughs> revisited that album the other day, along with the therapy ones, and the, you know. Yeah, building up to yeah. the, talking to you, and it was just like this, this is fucking awesome. <laughs> just so many yeah, time yeah. changes. You don't know what's going to happen next. I know it was all a bit mad, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> Look, you know it was great though. You know it was, it was great fun. And to be honest, we, you know, I, I talked to lads because one of the first tours we did, we did with therapy, which is when I met the lads, which was I don't know 1990. Mm. Um, and to be honest, it is quite it's interesting. I think you, people look back at it and sort of go. Like recently, the whole thing about um, Nevermind coming out. And I think there's almost like this nostalgic sort of view on the time where everyone sort of goes, oh, yeah, we all knew Nirvana were going to be massive and we all knew. Yeah, and, it, and it's bullshit. It's like me, me and the lads were talking about this at rehearsals the other day. It's like when what, Therapy and the Beyond and those sort of bands, we were sick to death. This was before Nevermind broke. We were mm. sick to death of the sort of heavy metal it got so dumb. It really did. It was yeah. like, I just, you know, I remember as a kid, you know, 16, 17, when I was first sort of getting out and going to rock clubs. And even to me, it was like, this is just nuts. You know, all this uh, all, you know, cherry pie and, you know, all yeah. that kind of, you know, all that big kind of rock poodle perm stuff. You know, I, I, I found it ridiculous. Um, and so the sort of punkish element, and a lot of what Therapy and the Beyond were doing, we sounded like the Beyond were more metal, whereas Therapy were more, more punk. But what myself and Fife were doing at the time was when we did that tour together, the reason, uh, I, I, so I can't remember what, how the tour came about, but the, 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 the people who put us together were just saying, well, they're kind of, they're both heavy bands, kind of doing off the wall, you know, they're not normal sounding. Uh, and the tour was great because the people who came along were, were like us. They were young and just tired of the sort of stodgy metal that was around at the time. Mm. Um, uh, what was going to say? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what myself and Fife were doing was listening to a lot of sort of hip-hop records and um, techno white labels, actually. Um, 
And so, you know, I know, I know, like you said about the beyond being time changes and stuff, but there's loads of basically it's techno beats. I was just ripping off techno beats and playing them hard, which is exactly what Five was doing. So from that tour, after that tour, me and Five would send, I mean, this is how long ago was, we'd send cassettes to each other of, you know, white dance, dance records, white, white labels, you know, 12 inches that we were just putting on tape, sending across, or ministry tracks or um, skinny puppy, or, you know, it was just, it was almost like electronic music that we would, as drummers, were bringing into uh, the, the sound of the band. Mm. So I think there was almost like a, a crossover there with what myself and Fife were both sort of listening to at the time, um, which is sort of interesting when you look back. And I think we were just, you know, and then after that, a couple of years after um, Nevermind broke, but there was a whole big swell of bands. I was just saying about the Chili, from the Chili Peppers to Faith No More through to whoever, all the American bands were coming over, but the UK was getting tired of it as well. And I think mm. we were always kind of fighting against the norm, the mainstream. Um, that's how yeah. that's how it felt. You know, we 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 loved, you know, the Dead Kennedys as much as LFO and all, all the sort of white label techno stuff. It was like anything that was sort of on the outskirts, <laughs> standing up to the man, if you like. You yeah. know that. You know, Public standing Enemy as well. To the mainstream. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, as a as a seventeen year old from Derby, you know, that made more sense to me than a kind of poodle perm guy, you know, with women draped all over him from LA. That just didn't, <laughs> didn't make sense. It just didn't make sense. I found it ludicrous. I was like, what? This is just mad. Yeah, anyway. yeah. So what, you, what you're saying is, which what we all know here in the UK, is that people were over glam metal before Nirvana. You know, it was, it, yeah, there was already yeah. great bands coming up and making good yeah. music and exchanging ideas before that but yeah 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 and, and, and don't people right. I mean, think you, like that that changed when teen spirit was first played on mtv but it was yeah this, I, I think there's as an fantastic as it was absolutely it was, absolutely you know. and it was you know don't get me wrong it was when you know when that came out yeah it's a bloody brilliant album absolutely unbelievable album but i think you know it's almost like some there's a little bit of a narrative as if everything changed from that point on, it's like, well, there was a massive, a ma you know, on about Soundgarden, and Mud, Mud Honey, band, you know, but Tad, bands oh, were coming right, over yeah. from, Melvin's you know, who were all part of that scene. Yeah. Um, and they, they were just awesome as, as well. You know what I mean? I don't like the fact that <laughs> these bands kind of been swept aside. It was <laughs> yeah, like, I was like, listening I mean, to Mud Honey I, the other day. It's amazing. Kurt Cobain was the first person to say that when he recorded Bleach, he just wanted it to sound like the Melvins. I mean, you know, he admitted that, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think I don't think Kirk Cobain dressed it up at all. He was completely spot on, yeah. completely spot on. And and you know, uh, in in a in a music fan's way, said said the bands he loved. I mean, that you know that, that that's what he was obviously awesome in that sense. You know, completely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I'm not knocking um, the Nirvana story. It's awesome. But uh, you know, it's just it's the people around. Uh, you know, people who are talking about it now in a nostalgic way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, li living as we were, I mean, I was like 16 when this all happened, you know, Nirvana come out and this is when GNR, the Black Album and all that. I was there, I was 16. This is your most impressionable years in music, isn't it? And yeah, it was amazing. It yeah. was absolutely amazing. Yeah. And yeah, those bands kind of did make you search for the other bands that they all knew and toured with and stuff. So they, they yeah. did help, you know? Yeah. 
they brought yeah. these other bands on tours with them. Yeah. And then you discovered them because you went to yeah. see them. Yeah. And of course, the, uh, the internet wasn't a thing then. So you couldn't just like download it or listen to it on Spotify. You had to go out yeah. there, put yourself out, go to the record shops and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And obviously, yeah, like, yeah. you know, like you touched on earlier, the, the tape trading scene was huge. Massive. Then, wasn't it? It was massive. massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then burning That's the thing. CDs and that. That yeah, I mean, I mean, it. it's over the the uh, you know when the internet kind of blew up, and we would always be asked, you know, well, what are your thoughts on the internet, and you know, uh, downloading and yada yada yada. And to, to me, my my big thing with that was like with the tape trading. I grew up where people would send, you know, you'd have a a, a a tape trading pen pal in Canada or whatever, and you'd send them tracks, and they would send you tracks, and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So for me, sharing, I've got absolutely no problem with it. Um, but it's when it's when people are taking it and then you know selling the space, if you like. If they're if they're giving away a track that I you know I'm part of and I, you know I should have a say in whether it's free or not. Um, to me, if a massive fan just goes, I love this and gives it their mate, that to be honest, that doesn't bother me. Mm. But it's when someone just gives it away for free and then and then sells the advertising space around it and starts making you know that's taking the piss yeah it's yeah. like you know if music fans are sharing i've got no problem at all because it's always happened and it always always yeah. should happen and you we're know, all guilty you, of that aren't we <laughs> of course and who, who do you listen to more you know what i mean if your mate goes listen to this it's like of course you're going to do it it's like that yeah. is perfect you know perfect yeah so as soon as you start saying you can't do that that's what <laughs> oh, mate. i used to go to the record fairs and buy like live gigs on tape and cds and just have yeah. the live performance i had a live bootleg of pearl jam and they did like yeah. the who they did some who covers at the end of the gig and i had it all on this tape mm. bootleg i bought at a record fair and i thought it was just brilliant so many times people used to sneak like the walkman in didn't they and kind of record yeah. it i remember getting the metallica live cassette from um must have been around sort of master of puppets sort of time. And um, yeah, just like, you know, you just, it, yeah, you know, the sound quality was bloody awful, but yeah. it we didn't, didn't any different then, though, did we, with sound quality? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I mean, I had no. all the, you know, loads, of, loads of Metallica bootlegs. I remember, I can, I can remember listening to them doing my paper round, <laughs> just thinking how amazing it was, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, just, yeah. You could, you could, you could feel how good they were live like and this was before i'd ever ever seen them but you could yeah. sense you knew how good they were from the way yeah. that tape sounded i had nirvana's uh reading 92 performance on a bootleg yeah i mean that was that was that was but it's now released. officially out you can, yeah it's well, officially it's that long ago really it's remastered and released but yeah. it wasn't for right. decades no, no it wasn't. <laughs> anyway neil what was your first ever gig you went to ever show you went to oh that's a good question so the first, um, I was thinking about this. Um, so as actual gigs, it's a weird one for me because my I've got a, in, in my family, I was kind of, I was the mistake. I've kind of got two much older sisters and, and a brother. And my, my, there's about 13 years between me and my, my older brother. Mm-hmm. And he plays bass. So when I was a kid, I'd go and see his bands play. My mum and dad would take me along and stuff. So mm. When I started drumming, that that was kind of like my thing. I'd kind of, you know, go. So other than that, though, other than being taken along, I think one of my earliest gigs would have been um, Gary Newman 
bizarrely. Gary Newman at the Derby Assembly Rooms. Uh-huh. Um, and I remember, it's weird, I can't, I remember Gary Newman. So I would have been, I think this was around 1982, maybe. So I was a kid. And uh, I do remember the support band were called, <laughs> called Tick and Talk. <laughs> and they were like like a kind of robotic and i remember them more than remember gary newman to be fair but um, i mean going anyway, I, I, you know i think it was cars and things you know it was all like you know the hits at the time sort of thing mm. um top of x factor something like that that's <laughs> actually crazy I, I, the shit you remember as a kid i was just like it blew my mind and the volume you know i was like wow and then uh as a as a, as a sort of one of the first and, and then, ah, Madness. I went to see Madness uh, as well around the same time. And that was on the Madness 7 tour. And this is nuts because my brother, at the time I was just talking about my brother, he was living in London, right? This shows the difference in what would happen these days. Mm. So he took me to see him at Hammersmith Odin, I think it was. My mum and dad put me on a bus in Derby and just said to the bus driver, uh, Someone's meeting him in London. Can you just let it, let him off in London? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I jumped on this bus, got to wherever I was going, the bus station. I have no idea. My brother went to the wrong bus station, right? Bus driver <laughs> just said, there you go, mate. See you later. Oh my bus goes, left me. I'm there um... in the middle of this bus station, just waiting, right? No mobile phones, nothing. I didn't know, you know, shit. I just sat yeah. there on the curb waiting. Brother then turns up. <laughs> Yeah, I went to see Madness at Hammersmith uh, Odin. That was on the, I think was a little Odin. bit concerned for a few minutes, <laughs> wasn't he? <laughs> I know. He wouldn't have given a shit. He's still done. He's, he's, um, if he did it this day, you know, like yeah. pro- they'd probably never see you again. No, that'd be game. They'd put I know. you on a bus and went, take him to London <laughs> and uh, just, let him, just let him off. And they'd be like, okay, put him in a suitcase. He's in Thailand. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I know. Is there a good yeah. um, a good sort of like uh, like local band scene in Derby? Is the Assembly Room still um, still a venue? It's well, they had this. There was a fire um, a while ago, and it's quite a sort of uh, locally. It's just thing with Derby, right? Oh, don't get me started. It's just a nightmare when it comes to you know councils and who's running the place and who's making decisions. Basically, there was a fire at the Derby Assembly Rooms, mm. so we had. Um, uh, a coalition council at one point they were saying we're going to do this we're going to flatten the place rebuild it then the Tories got in and then they're going no 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 we're going to keep it as a building we're going to rejuvenate it and refurbish it should I say and blah 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 and it just flip-flops for bloody mm. ever nothing happens nothing happens so you don't have a venue basically yeah, right, um, right, so. yeah and it just because you know and it, it's just so short-sighted um, mm. And what, what tends to happen as well with Dobby, it has, it flip-flops. It'll have really good bands for, for a stretch and then it kind of dries up a bit. And um, But, you know, there's, there's always stuff going on. Um, yeah. It's just difficult because, as, as I'm, I'm sure, up and down the country, venues are just finding it hard. You know, eventually every venue I know on, under a certain capacity mm. just always ends up leaning towards um you know tribute bands and, and yeah. stuff and it's like well you know it's a tough one because i don't know who, who who's at fault is it the audience 
is it the people putting the bands on you know mm. if, if more audience um, if a larger audience wants to go and see a covers band who's at fault there you know what i mean it's like uh, to me uh, that isn't my it's not my cup of tea but yeah i know you know what i mean it's tough it's a tough yeah. one you know and, hard, and, yeah. and we've got rock city in nottingham down the road and um you know that's awesome so you know that that's that's a great place to go yeah um I played no, at the, the assembly minute. rooms. I played at the assembly rooms in two thousand and three. All oh, right, okay. <laughs> My band, wow. yeah. Bloodstock, the festival. Ah, Bloodstock. yes, of course. Well, Bloodstock yeah. now. I mean, the Bloodstock lads, you know, they they did a great great job. Um, and now the fact we we play Bloodstock this year, mm. it's amazing. Yeah, it's all, it's all open air now. It's all outside, right? Yeah, yeah. At um, Catton Hall, which is like just outside, so there's a few sort of festivals that happen there and. Uh, yeah yeah hands up brilliant uh, I, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed it and yeah. i think you know the bands they have on and they have some really cool bands and it's almost like got that old school donnington monsters of rock yeah. feel about it yeah, i think exactly. when donnington went to, you know when donnington went to download which is fair you know fair enough uh, they had to kind of shift and, and change things a bit mm-hmm. and i think bloodsuckers just filled that spot yeah yeah, um, Bloodstock kind of reminds me of Monsters of Rock. You yeah, know, the old yeah, Monsters yeah. of Rock. You must have yeah. some Monsters of Rock story li- living in Derby. And yeah, I mean, that was one of the first. Yeah. Uh, so the first Don, uh, Donington I went to was 1984. Mm. So, same again, my brother, my brother's appearing in this a lot. Yeah, yeah. He took me to that. Um, and I, I wanted to see Metallica. So they were playing, that was the Ride the Lightning tour. Um, and I, I just, I just loved them. And I, and I always remember. So I was thirteen at the time, and ZZ Top were headlining. Mm-hmm. Marillion, so ZZ Top, Marillion, Bon Jovi was somewhere on the bill. Metallica, I think who opened. I can't it's remember. Like a legendary but, lineup, isn't it? When you hear oh, it's great. Those, it was amazing. Names now, I think Metallica were on second, second on, and. Um, I always remember they came on and it was like, you know, just blasting into creeping death. I was absolutely loving it. It was completely going over my brother's head. Uh, he, he was looking forward to seeing Marillion and what have you. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it just blew, blew my mind. Um, so, yeah, that was that was the first first one I went to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we'd be in a local festival, you know, it's always kind of They had those yeah, big, yeah. like, canisters of cider back then, didn't they? You used to be able to take in there. Did you take one of them in there? <laughs> no, I... You're <I>, <laughs> a bit too young. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that was in yeah. the days of, like, the bottles of piss, wasn't it? Yeah. It oh, was, yeah, God. the big fight. You'll never see that now. God. Oh, that's horrific. My first one was 94, about 10 years after you, but it, there was... Oh, yeah. Bottles going everywhere and fires, tires on fire, fucking everything. It's just mental. I know, I know. If you think about it, if you actually think about it, look back. You think the people who put those those big sort of shows on? I mean, they must have had just balls of steel. It's like you know, just like I love. I bet there's some amazing stories, you know, about the the organisation now the things all come together because it must have been just crazy. You know, yeah, you great. Wouldn't, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't get through all the security tape now. It's just, the, you know, mate, the health yeah. and safety. Oh, if, you, if you had done into '94 now, and oh. the health and safety team walked around it, it'd be shut down oh, within it'd be minutes. Shut down in seconds. <laughs> <laughs> just within minutes, but it was like magical. Yeah, <laughs> so it was, it was oh. just amazing. Great times. Yeah. 
what was the um what was the first your first memory of like the first gig you ever played what did that feel like um so first i mean the first sort of gigs i used to do where i'd kind of get up and play in front of a, an audience i suppose like this is outside of things like i used you know i'd do the odd gig say like at school in assembly get up with some mates and play you know a, a gig or whatever mm. do covers but um i'm trying to think first it must have been like not really that exciting things like at a youth club or something but that was the beyond and we were still doing i, I seem to remember playing at a youth club and doing we did battery as a cover and uh <laughs> madhouse by anthrax and things um, so yeah. i remember that battery but you know it's like, youth club yeah yeah it's uh Hold it's on. just the the buzz of it isn't it um yeah and and then and then i remember sort of 17 we started playing in derby and and we did a gig in a pub and all our mates came down and uh we were kind of doing half the set was like we did about three or four or five of, of our own songs mm. and then we did things like uh, battery and um i think we were doing like slayer covers and it was all very thrash metal stuff anthrax and what have you and so it all got a bit rowdy. There was kind of moshing and things in the, in the pubs. So we were barred. So we weren't allowed to play anywhere. Right? And there was one place, one place in Dover called the Lord Nelson. Right? And I've, I've got to give him a shout out because they were the only place that would let us play. Right. So the guy, Paul Needham, who's still, he's still around Derby, bless him. He said, right, you can play. I, I, was, I was too young to get in the pub anyway. I, well, I couldn't drink. Right? I was 17. The rest of the lads were 18. And he said, right, so obviously you can play upstairs, right? And there's like a function room upstairs. The fire limit to the function room was 40, right? Yeah. So we set up in the corner. So we set up in the corner with a vocal PA. And there's a tiny, you know, like a, like a tiny bar in the corner. And he just said, well, I'm not going to put anyone there because you're all going to be too young anyway. So, so there's no one serving. So we're set up in the corner. And there was, we were like charging, you know, a quid on the door or something like that. There was 150 kids in there, right? And, <laughs> and our gear. They were, they were diving off the, uh, off the bar and everything. It was utter, utter carnage, right? And that same gig, the, um, we, we signed to EMI Records. And EMI came up to, to see us play. We'd done like a demo tape, which they'd got, and they came up. Yeah. Uh, and, and they couldn't get in the gig. They literally were like stuck on the stairs. They couldn't get in. And, and then as they came out, our management was just like, that, that was perfect. <laughs> they want to sign you. They just couldn't get in. Oh, wow. <laughs> the gig, it's just mad how it all, all kind of turned. You know, it's just like, we, it, but we, we had no thought on it. It was just, well, we'll just play. And the people who used to, the kids who used to follow us, it was just, they were just nuts. Just absolutely nuts. <laughs> Amazing. Sounds like a good gig, that one. Yeah. Diving off yeah. the bar. What about um, it, 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 go, go on, carry on. Sorry, no, 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 go. What about that first gig with therapy in Portugal when you had one rehearsal? Yeah, oh, yeah, that? Uh, yeah, that was like 16 songs in one rehearsal. <laughs> yeah, one run through, not one rehearsal, one run through. Oh, good lord, yeah. straight yeah, out so of they, the festival. Yeah. You must have clicked right away, though, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, look, yeah, looking back, yeah, we did, it was great. Um, but 
Christ. I mean, I, I, I still take the piss out of the lads about that. It's like, <laughs> oh man, I could have completely bottled that. Um, <laughs> and but the build up to it, um, I don't know, like if because I I sort of bumped into Andy at a gig. Went down to see um, rival schools at the garage in London, and I was there. Oh my god! You just where really? Just pulled a gig out of the hat that I was at. <laughs> wow! Oh, yeah. there you go. Wow. I was a big fan. Big, you know, quicksand rival schools, all that. Yeah, uh, wicked. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I, I just came down with a mate on the train, and um, yeah, yeah, it's amazing gig, wasn't it? Yeah, and mm. I, I, uh, I just stood at the bar, and um, because the Beyond had done the tour with Therapy years before, um our paths hadn't really crossed just weirdly. Um, and then, um, yeah, uh, bumped into Andy and he said, yeah, we're looking for a drummer. And, you know, we kind of, um, we're just chatting. And to be honest, I, I, I'd had um, a few too many beers really. And then um, a couple of days later, he called up and said, you know, I, I meant, meant what I said. So we got together um no, he said, we're going to do this gig in Portugal. That's right. And then it became a thing where it was like, right, so we've got two days rehearsals. And uh, our management firm said, you've got two days. And then it got close. And it's like, call me again. Oh, well, it's down to one day now. And then uh, just as we got closer and closer, it just got shorter and shorter. And then it was like, right, well, we're there for the afternoon, really. And so I just turned up and, yeah, I had to blast through these 16 songs. And then, boom, we're on the tour bus and we're off. Wow. Like, Jesus Christ. Um, but... I'm a big believer in sort of, you know, if you're going to do it, just do it, get, you know, get involved and just say yes and let's, let's, let's have it, you know, yeah. I think. Um, and the gig was great. You know, I've got great memory. Yeah, I can, I can clearly remember it now, you know. Um, but I'd also, obviously, with the 16 songs, I knew the tunes, but, you know, just you're kind of thinking, you know, I'd written notes to myself and things. Yeah. So I was kind of, you know, I've got them sort of next to me on the drum riser. And, you know, I'm thinking, right, okay, yeah, you know, just, just, I kind of thought to myself, if I don't do that, I'll have a panic, right. uh, but you know, because they're there, it's almost like a comfort blanket type thing. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, that that works worked out really well. And then after that, um, Andy came up to Derby, and uh, the pair of us bashed out some ideas in in a rehearsal room in Derby, just me and him, um, with the songs he'd got ready to go for uh, high anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, that's that's how it, how it kind of started. And then so that would have been, yeah, the sort of back end of two thousand and two would it have been yeah. And then um, yeah, so then we recorded by the Christmas I think it was. Uh, album came out in two thousand three. So, yeah, it was uh, it, it did all it did all click like you said. Um, looking back at it, it's all, I always fire. find it strange. Sorry, it's the baptism of fire. <laughs> yeah, it's just straight in. Straight in. Fair play to the lads. They were just like, nah, you'd have been fine. We knew you'd be fine. I'm like, wow, yeah. So they're probably standing there in front of you and they're just probably thinking, yeah, he's, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And they yeah. stopped playing and you just you did it. Okay. <laughs> there it was. You didn't have much choice at that point. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. No, it's good fun. Yeah, it was good fun. But uh, I do always think like sometimes with a lot of the therapy stuff, it's like, I love the sort of, you know, just getting on and doing it and, just kind of being honest about it and enjoying it for what for what it is and then you kind of look back on stuff there's certain albums i'll look back on and there's far more to the album when you're looking back at it is it sort of when, when you start looking at it objectively it's kind of strange really mm. what's, yeah. what's I, I been your favorite album to record <clears throat> excuse me to record mm. um i mean do you love playing live or are, are you a drummer who prefers being in the studio or do you prefer playing live 
they're both so different you know mm. I, I just think I love touring because I think the one thing with touring you've got you've got obviously the concert at the end of the night um but there's so much more to touring you know being away with your mates um just getting into the sort of groove of everything that's going on on tour uh, which I really love and to be honest it's things like you know lockdown what we've just been through that really sort of underlines how much I I love it and miss it yeah you sort yeah, of take of it take, you can take it for granted a little bit um but recording um I loved recording um never apologize I mean high anxiety is is special to me as well because I was kind of like just in the thick of it and um you know new 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 to the lads and um I enjoyed recording Crooked Timber actually mm. uh, because we had this thing with Andy Gill bless him um he uh he had this uh, approach of recording the drums separately with the cymbals. And so I don't know if you've heard of this technique where they basically, you, you don't use any cymbals. You record the kit mm. without cymbals, basically. And right. then you go back, listen to the track and hit, and hit the cymbals where, where they would fall. Right. And it just creates this uh, amazing drum sound. And I, I, I had no idea about this, doing mm. this. And then Andy Gill turned up the night literally it was another one where i was just like baptism of fire where he turned up the night before and me and michael were having a pint the night before and he just turned up and said oh yeah well it was his engineer said oh yeah so we'll record the drums first which is which is normal and then we'll do the cymbals second <laughs> and I, I was like yeah heard or anything like that yeah. right. i was like yeah yeah all right mate yeah <laughs> went, no 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 that's that's how andy does it i was like really how what what are you on about and i was like it would have been nice to be had a bit of a heads up on this what are you talking about <laughs> wow. so anyway yeah he just went in the next day and, and he said yeah so you kind of you sort of dampen the symbol so you still play everything but you don't record it but it helps with the mixing so the drums you can compress them and then as soon as he told me that, and he's telling me about certain albums he did that with dave Grohl on the um on the killing joke album that, that uh that andy Gill produced and uh straight away as soon as he said that I can hear it all of a sudden. It's like, ah, right. oh, that's, that's why the, the kit the kit sounds amazing. So you kind of, you know, there's a lot of, uh, uh, yeah, messing around, but it does, it might be, it helps, helps the, helps the sound, yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Is there anybody that uh, Dave Grohl hasn't played with? It's <laughs> 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 crazy. I've just, I've, yeah. just, I've just finished his book, you know, he, he wrote a book, didn't he? And it's, yeah, it's a, it's a really good read, but it's page after page. It's like, yeah, and I played on this album, and then I did this, and then I did this, and recorded this with Paul McCartney, and then I did them Crooked Vultures, and then I played with Kenny Joke and Queens of the Stone. It's like, oh my <laughs> god, pro- is there anything you haven't done? Oh, and then I yeah. played for, for President Obama, and Christ <laughs> alive! I mean, it's insane. Do you remember the Probot album? Probot, yeah. I mean, a lot of people. I love that album. Yeah, it was a good album. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people say that was the only bad thing he's ever done, but well. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, never, I liked it. I liked never it. tag that word with that album. <laughs> yeah. What about um? You must have toured into some far out there places, Neil. Um, have you adopted any kind of like rituals or any customs from from that that you take on tour with you? You know, any you know people start they go out to far out places don't they and they they get like a yoga they go yoga and then they start taking remedies i'm not entirely and... sure where this is going <laughs> no 
Perimeters are like looking at you going, where's he going with this? So people always say they've picked up some something from some culture that they now use. Just wondered if you Oh, do. okay. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I don't do yoga, no. <laughs> Neither do I. <laughs> but I mean, uh no. We, yeah, we we look we're lucky enough to get out and do do places like uh, I don't know, um, you know Russia and places. We've been out to um, the Reunion, which is um, out near Mauritius, and so we've been out to some bonkers places. Mm. Uh, but no, we've not not really picked up things that I, <laughs> that I bring with me. I do love it though when you know we did a whole stretch going across doing Serbia and Ukraine and 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 Russia and what have you. I do, I do love getting out to places like that. Deep um, Europe. The, yeah, the people, the people are always just amazing. We, all, you know, we, you tend to, if you have any bother, it's always with your authorities. But the, the, mm. the people are always absolutely brilliant. I, I love it. And to be honest, just on a, for me, I can, you know, to stand there on Red Square and think, well, I wouldn't be here unless I picked up a pair of drumsticks when I was like eleven or whatever. No, you know what I mean? It's amazing, isn't it? I love stuff like that. It's kind of like, and yeah, meeting people just, you know, just when you're traveling, I look, yeah, that, that's such a big thing to me. And like, you know, I don't want to repeat myself, but like I said, when, when lockdown happened, I think that just, it really was underlined to me mm. when it's, when it's taken away. Um, on the BBC talking about the sound of metal film. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Where the guy loses his hearing. Yeah, made me watch the film. Oh, yeah, really, it's really good because you're Amazing, there because you get tinnitus and how worrying was that for you? Thinking this could maybe develop into, you know, stopping you from playing a, a problem. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. It's it's a weird one actually because it's something that just kind of comes, you know, it comes with the territory in my opinion. Um, yeah, it is. It, it's something that's just there all, all the time, um, and you kind of notice it more, you know, at certain certain points. Um, but yeah, there was definitely a point when I was playing, um, and back in the day, I, I, um, I was doing some teaching as well, and, and it was it was that. It's like it's not just the volume; it's the frequencies, and uh, you know, it can physically, you know, just make your ears ache. But it was mine. I was just like, it's just mental. And then you know, playing. Playing in bands, you know, you know, from seventeen or whatever, like the Beyond, and then Cable. It was all noisy bands on stage. It was all like full on stuff on stage. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just got to a point of wearing wearing earplugs. So I always, always, always wear earplugs now. Um, and that took what what is bizarre. That took about three years to get used to wearing earplugs because you just mm. it's such a such a weird sensory thing you know yeah. you just instinctively hit things harder or whatever yeah it's but um yeah it, it you know it was it was a worrying thing i still find it all right um you know i think you just have to manage it just be yeah just be careful you know it, i just got to a point where i was you know on tour and i'd just lie there in the hotel and with my ears screaming i was like oh fuck this i've got mm. to do something about it so um but there was you know there were good earplugs now that kind of help and uh yeah it's you, you just yeah. manage it. Really. Yeah. yeah, I always wear them when we rehearse, but I never wear them when we play live. I'm Don't terrible. Oh, really? Can't, can't do it. I can't do it. I just right. can't. I can't get into it. Well, maybe I'm. Maybe I'm not spending enough on earplugs to 
you know to get the ones that like really let through a lot of frequency apart from the yeah shape. maybe i need are, to are just you using, more money on using the spongy mold no no i've got like the proper like molded ones with like the little oh, okay. and stuff but they're yeah. only they're only cheap ones really i don't I've right. never spent a lot of money on them which i probably should yeah. do really I think I damaged yeah. my ears a bit in the early days. The, the gigs and the Brixton Academy and all that, yeah. Sepultura and all that, standing right near those amps. And <laughs> yeah, it's gonna, it's I'm sure be, I, sure yeah. I damaged my ears a bit. Definitely, It'll, it will take its time. Once it's done, it's done. That's the thing, isn't it? It doesn't like, come I don't back. Know what, That's the problem. Yeah, I don't know what the answer is because I mean, to me, it's like I don't have my monitoring quieter or anything. Um, you know, you still need to feel it. Yeah. But I know I know what you mean about with with, uh, with live. That's what what I mean about you know there is almost like a, a separation between you have to get used to it because it feels like you're separate yeah. from the crowd or from you know. Um, so I, yeah, I always find that a bit bit or I did find it odd. I'm used to it now, but uh, yeah, it, it does take a while, really. Yeah, it does. But it's worth. I I personally think it's worth really doing because it's just I can't be doing it anymore. No, 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 I get it. Yeah, where yeah. your earplugs, Sam? Yeah, I should do. I will do. I will do. I'm going to listen to you. <laughs> it's mad now as well because I mean, little now, I mean, you know, little things like the you know, chinking of a glass or something, something, some, you know, kids' voices, whatever, something will just ping it and then you suddenly hear the ringing. It's kind of a yeah, it's an odd one, it really is an odd one. Yeah, but, yeah. Did you work with uh, Fat Boy Slim? What did you do with Fat Boy Slim? Yeah, so that was, uh, someone was asking me about that the other day. I was, um, so what happened was there was a band who, Fatboy, Norman Cook did some mixes for a band and the band came to me and asked me to do some live drumming for them. So it wasn't like a Fatboy Slim project or anything. It was like a, a remix thing that he'd done and they wanted a, a, a rock drummer to play, play the drums. So, um, yeah, it's a bit of a, Someone else was asking about that the other day, a bit of a non-story, really. I was like, yeah, I did some live drumming for him. I was like, that was it. <laughs> you, did it. Really, you did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That was something to put on the CV, isn't it? Look at that. Look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, but it, you know, it wasn't like it wasn't like a fat boy spin record or anything. It was like he did he did a remix for a band. That yeah. could be next though, couldn't it? You know. Doing bits, yeah. yeah. Done the remix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've got like um You've got a very unique drumming style anyway, but who would you, what drummers would you say are like, have influenced you most throughout your life? Have you met any of them uh, as well? Yeah. Um, Two questions. <laughs> okay. Extra one in. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, the, the, it's weird. I, I always like, when I was like getting into bands, I always loved bands that were, uh, I was never really, I was, I was really into sort of like thrash metal and stuff all growing up, but I, but I always, always, I would love, say, like, you know, Slayer and Metallica, obviously, and bands like that. But um, uh, Rush were a sort of mainstay for me, and The Police um, and The Dead Kennedys. So a kind mm. of weird mishmash. I was, I'd never saw myself as just like, well, just a straight-ahead thrash metal fan. I was always mm. into other stuff. So for me, Neil Peart of Rush has, has always been, you know, I know that's kind of stereotypical for every drummer to say, but he, he, he was the first drummer that i heard because before that i was kind of into things like um kiss and stuff you know so i listened to peter chris and then my older brother just gave me 2112 and said well christ if you have a drumming lessons listen to this and i was yeah. like oh, wow it's like amazing um so neil peart was the first drummer that i sort of influenced me with the beyond stuff in a sense of 
he, you know, he wasn't really playing thrash stuff, but what, what Neil Peart always did was he would play the tunes and all his drum fills and all his parts were, were part of the song. And I still try and do that now. It's not like, oh, well, here's a drum fill. I'll, I'll just play any old drum fill. It's like I try and figure out, well, if I'm doing that, I'll make it go with the bass or I'll make it go with the guitar or mm. the vocal or whatever. So, so it's almost like it's, there's a, it's worked out, if you like. And I know some, some drummers are happy, you know, having it quite free to do whatever. I sort of quite to know what I'm, like to know what I'm doing. And when Neil Peart being a brilliant drummer, and then he'd hear him live and he'd do exactly the same stuff. Yeah. That was the first time that kind of a switch went in my head. I was like, oh yeah, right, okay. Um, and um, Mark Rosecki from uh, Big Country used, used to love him. Uh, uh, met him, met him a couple of times. Um, yeah, lovely chap. Um, yeah. Uh, Dave Lombardo, obviously. You know, these are the players who kind of, you know, when, when I was having drumming lessons, I, I would, I remember taking, um, <laughs> taking Angel of Death to a drumming lesson. <laughs> so, okay. How's he doing this with his bass drums here? How's this, <laughs> how's this happening? Um, and my, my, my drum tutor at the time, he was kind of like, uh, you know, great, great chap. And I still see him now, you know, he's like, but he's more of a sort of, um, uh, you know, he, he, he does sort of jazzy kind of brushwork and um, he, he's not a thrash metal drummer, let's just say. <laughs> um, so he was just like, ah. Um, but funnily enough, when I don't, I don't know when, um, you know, but when, when Therapy did the, uh, we did the acoustic tour and um, did the acoustic album, um, I went back and saw my original drum tutor for some, uh, basically a lesson doing doing brushwork um because it's like a, it's a whole art art on it on its own um you kind of the, the good sort of brush players they kind of do patterns on the snare and on the cymbals and there's all types of shit you can do um but just to, just to give me some inspiration with it really because we were kind of i wanted to do something that was completely completely out of my comfort zone um with the acoustic stuff. Uh, so, sorry, I've gone, I've gone a little bit off subject here, but um, that's fine. No, it's cool. Uh, yeah, and, and that was that was that was amazing actually doing doing that because we, uh, I went to see him again, and he kind of said, right, okay, well, you know, try this and try this and try this. And when we first did the acoustic stuff, the simple thing to do would have been just to play the songs quieter. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'll play with um, hot rods. You know, the hot rods that are like the sort of they're almost like a brush but thicker Stick, sticks together. Yeah. Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, um, and it's just quieter. So we, mm -hmm. you know, so we play Scream Major quieter. We we do you know whatever quieter, and that's just bollocks, really. So we sort of said said to our management, um, just can we just have some time? Let's just let's just bugger off and do a couple of rehearsals, and we're going to strip the songs down, and you know we'll take we'll take Trigger inside, and we'll do do this with it. You know we'll, we'll take um, you know whatever. And, and turn it into a new thing. Um, mm. And so I, um, I went for brushes, literally brushes, um, a small uh, bass drum and a, and a hi-hat, basically. Mm -hmm. And straight away, almost like stripping it all down, you just had to rethink everything. And you couldn't just play. Well, I, you know, I couldn't just play. The lads were playing acoustic bass and acoustic guitar. Um, and I, I bloody loved that tour. And we did that tour before we went in and did Cleave. Uh-huh. 
And I really, I, you know, I personally think the reason Cleve came out so well, in my opinion, is because we were just almost like we'd had such a great period doing the acoustic stuff. When we got back in a room with the full-on equipment, uh, I don't know, there's almost like just a bit of a lease, you know, new lease of life to it all. It all kind yeah. of, you know, we're still doing what we do. But um, I don't know, it just, just, just felt great then to be back doing doing what we normally do um yeah i i thought that acoustic period was uh was was great um very sort of not being hot you know, i don't want to sound arsed here about it but, you know just creative and it was great just to kind of go yeah let's just jump in at the deep end and do something that possibly you know i know um a lot of people weren't expecting us to to, to do that and, and for it to sound the way it did i'm really glad we just kind of went for it and did did our own thing as normal and um, you know, it works. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, that's amazing. That's probably what it's like when you you just did your three gigs that you just talked about at the start. After such a long break, you must have felt mm. like reinvigorated, sort of thing. Going out there yeah. must have been like electric, mustn't it? Yeah, it, it was. was for even these yeah. guys, like just playing down South End, they was just like, whoa. Yeah, going yeah, for just, it. Yeah, everyone's just it up in their game across the whole ball. <laughs> Must yeah, be. Doing your first show back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how you felt, but I, I, I had a, you know, I was sort of a little bit nervous almost, which I yeah. normally don't. I, I yeah. kind of, I get excited more than nervous. Um, you know, I'm really itching to kind of get on stage and, <laughs> and show off, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, you know, I love it. Like let's have it, you know, yeah. us three against that lot. Let's have oh, it. Oh yeah, totally. I don't, but, um, I don't, I don't really get the nerves. But it was my first gig after a, quite a large heart attack, so I was, I was a little bit, I was a little <laughs> bit, yeah, I was, I was nervous. I was worried about the heart rate and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but it was great. Wow. And my cardiologist said it was probably, probably quite good for the heart to get it working, get it bumping. Yeah. Wow. That's <laughs> so, amazing. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that that puts that puts my side of things into perspective. <laughs> oh mate, it's rock and roll, right? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, wow, yeah. So yeah. Neil, you can only have one song. It doesn't have to be therapy or cable or anything. It can be any song that you like to send out into the universe. But it can only be one song for the universe to hear. What's it going to be? It's because we keep asking people this now, don't we? Because we, <laughs> we, find, it, we find it fun. Yeah. We've had, we, we've had, well, we won't tell you what we've had in case you say the same thing. Yeah. All the, all the little green men on all the planets are going to yeah. hear it and that's going to be their first impression of us. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to say Slayer, aren't you? <laughs> people do take their time on this one as well. I mean, Everyone's I'm... like, oh, one song. What am I going to say? Russ Abbott, what an atmosphere or something. <laughs> Chicken song. <laughs> to, make him, to make him turn around and go back. <laughs> Save yourselves. Save yourselves. Exactly that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a good yeah. question. It's a good question. That is, yeah. Wow. So it's not Russ Abbott. <laughs> <laughs> it could be Russ Abbott. I, I, that is, oh, uh, yeah. Are you, do you mean something I've played on? No. Just no, a, no. A, Just some, one of your favourite songs. It doesn't in any genre. Oh my god! Just one song. That's all you got. You'd be happy for the whole universe to hear. You see, I find that so so difficult to do. I mean, what 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 one song kind of 
It doesn't even have to like represent us. I mean, the other ones didn't really. It's just got to be your one song. So you say you can't ever hear any of the other songs ever again. Oh, and it's something for me to listen to over and over. Well, yeah, it can be. We can like we can really warp it into that as well. <laughs> so only they can hear it, and only you. That's it. Everything, everything else, everything else doesn't exist. I Everything. don't bloody know. Jesus Christ. I hate questions like this. Oh. It's hard. It is a hard one. <laughs> I'll tell you what we've done so far. Okay. So, um, Jesse from Killswitch, Killswitch Engage, he, his favourite, the song he wanted to send was, it was a Bob Marley Bob song. Bob Marley, wasn't it? One Love or Could yeah, You Be Loved? Yeah, One Love. Could You Be Loved? Um, um, yeah. We spoke uh, We spoke to a guy um, in a hardcore band called Higher Power from Leeds and he said his without even thinking there was no pause we asked the question and he instantly went wonderwall <laughs> and that was it yeah jimmy I mean, wizard from really? Power. Yeah. yeah he was like wow. wonderwall we weren't expecting it's that an game. anthem he said and that's what's going up yeah but okay if you're going for anthems it's got to be something like um Louis armstrong what a wonderful world something like that nice there we nice. go that yeah, it's good, it. of course it does good. i think russ abbott's better but I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> oh, hello. We've gone off. Are you, can you hear me? Hello, hello, hello. Oh, hello. I heard you. Ah. You, hear, you got us? Yes. You got yes, us? I can Are now. we back? I don't know what happened yeah. there. Our microphone's turned off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah, we can hear you, mate. <laughs> so, Louis Armstrong, then we've got it. Yeah, wonderful world. There you go. Oh, oh it's, a, it's a great song as well. I mean, it's it's timeless, right? Beautiful tune. Mm. What was your <laughs> what was your, what was your first dance at your wedding? <laughs> Fucking... Oh Jesus Christ! Almighty. He's digging deep. Uh... This guy. <laughs> He's really digging deep. Was it, well, I wanted to know if it was Louis. No, no, it wasn't. No, no, no. We had. Uh... I remember we had uh, Bring Me Sunshine as we walked back out after we'd got married. But the first dance we got, uh, Shook Me All Night Long, ACDC. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> it doesn't get any better than that. That's just an absolute classic wedding song, isn't it? Yeah, I come, I come into my wedding room, didn't I? You was the wedding DJ for me. I was, yeah. And I come oh. into the, we came into the room where everyone was sitting to Thunderstruck, yeah. ACDC. And then we, our first dance was Need Your Love So Bad, Fleetwood Mac. It was. Yeah. Back in the night. It's mad, isn't it? <laughs> Boom. It's mad, isn't it? How you go, so much thought goes into all that shit. Oh, no. Yeah, so much thought by them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Great. good times. Now, yeah, it's, good. Been, it's been amazing talking to you, mate. We've really enjoyed it. We've yeah. really enjoyed nice it. Um, nice yeah, thing. yeah. Really good we'll, insight. Uh, to your we'll world, see Neil. everyone. Uh, when, when does this? When does this go out, guys? Probably in a week or so, maybe okay, less cool. than a week. Okay, lovely. Yeah. Well, we'll see everyone. Um, January is when the touring kind of starts. January two thousand twenty-two. So, okay, oh, fingers crossed. Cool. You got anything else you want to talk about? You're going to be doing? Uh, yeah, I mean, we've got the album. Uh, if it's going to be out, oh, I'm trying to think. No, I think you'll, you'll miss that. We've got the uh, uh, online gig, but I think you'll. Uh, that's next week. I think you'll miss that. So uh, on the 29th, um, there's a, a live stream, yeah? 
yeah, the live stream thing. So oh, I don't cool. know whether how uh, you're going to fit with that. Um, mm. but yeah, yeah. Just, Where's that uh, live stream coming there. from? Where, where is it streaming from? Uh, so it's uh, stable.com, S T A B A L dot com. Stable.com is where um, they're kind of running it and doing it. So go to stable.com. And you're doing it in a studio, or at, is it actually? Yeah, yeah, it's like a. No, 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 no. It's oh, it's a, yeah, with yeah, a light, yeah. all the lighting and all that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. seen a lot of bands now are doing the whole, they're, still, they're keeping the whole streaming thing, but they're also yeah. doing it with a live audience, like like a proper gig. Oh, I suppose right. it's a good way of getting a bit of extra revenue for yeah. people who will just watch it online, I suppose. Yeah. But bands yeah, are still yeah. doing that studio thing, aren't they? Where, yeah. where there's a big production and they're in there and someone's really worked hard on the lighting and the... Yeah. But yeah, so that, that'd yeah, be cool. What, what you're seeing is that a lot, of those, out. a lot of those bands who, who, who did those live gigs during the lockdown are now releasing them like on as a physical release aren't they there's a lot of bands doing yeah. that as well i think paradise yeah, lost yeah. did one and you know a few other bands you, you're seeing all these live albums come out that they recorded yeah down to the live stream didn't yeah, they, down, as well. yeah yeah that um i saw the sleep of mods one which was um really good but it, it's um at the time it was just what what we could do wasn't it it's kind yeah. of like a weird weird thing yeah and that didn't come about for a long time did it i mean there was literally radio silence for a good year well yeah no one did a thing did they it was just like a lot of the bands who had to cancel tours and all this kind of stuff no one really knew how long it was going to go on for right so you thought oh this will pass in like a month the the, the tour will be put off for a month and then we'll be back out there doing it then all of a sudden it was a year (laughs) and longer i know i know before you knew that you're right that that was it exactly we had we were going i think the lockdown was like 23rd of march or whatever yeah and we we were we were starting shows two weeks later in germany or and and anyway so that was all cancelled but then we were thinking well we'll still do the festivals then they were cancelled well we'll still do the september dates then that was cancelled so yeah everything was like a roll-on thing yeah We, we did a couple of the um sort of uh how would you call it like a lockdown sort of videos that went out on Instagram and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that was great fun actually. Cause that was something that the three of us went, when we did hit lockdown, just went right. You know what? We can't, we didn't want it to be a dead year. Yeah. So we were still sort of writing and getting ideas, pinging around because I'm in Derby Andy's over in near Cambridge and Andy and Michael's over in Belfast. But so we were very isolated anyway, but we were pinging ideas around and then we sort of getting this idea about how we could do the tunes and put it all together. Um, and that really worked. It was a bit of a, a pain trying to do it and make it all sync. Cause that's one thing everyone thinks, ah, oh, it's just dead easy. You just do it on like this on zoom or whatever. And it's like, oh, it's a bloody nightmare. So we, mm. we had to kind of record it, get it sounding good, get it look, not looking good, but at least looking in focus at least. Um, and then, and then pieced it all together. And they were great. And that was something that the three of us, I mean, we just did that ourselves. I did the visuals. Michael did the audio. Um, and we just recorded it on our phones and stuff. And you yeah. kind of think, they kind of worked. And, and loads of people, you know, the messages, everyone was really kind of, you know, sort of, it was nice that it kind of brightened people's day, you know. Yeah. Um, and I think you just think, you know, now well, we've got that in the bank that we can just, we could probably still do bits like that, you know. You yeah. sort of, it's almost like because still our backs your were fans. against the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because our backs were against the wall, we had to sort of go. Well, what you know? What can we put? What can we put together? Um, we couldn't really figure it out at the time to kind of do a do a, a gig when we're all together in one place. But um, 
but those those things really worked and they were great fun to do bit of a ball ache but they were great great fun to do yeah. <laughs> brilliant mate yeah. well good up with all the touring and hope you get back out Thank there you. and power on yeah yeah great. and we'll perhaps see you at some 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 venue yeah oh, mate come i'm back, sure you come will. back to Safem, please bring ricky warwick as well let's do <laughs> yeah, that again yeah. is he still going yeah, he's only doing yeah, Rick is, he yeah, in he's LA, doing doesn't he? Yeah, Riders are kind of doing some bits and bobs, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, wow. Hollywood is, doesn't yeah. he? No? Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Awesome. Yeah. Good yeah. stuff. Good stuff. All right, Neil. Well, thanks again awesome. for coming yeah, on. Yeah, thanks very much, Neil. Uh, yeah. Take care. Brilliant. Take care. See ya.